I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and um, join us in the third step prayer. We're going to do the prayer one breath at a time, one line at a time, with a few breaths in between each line to actually do what the prayer is asking us to do and not do what it's asking us to not do. So rather than just reciting words, we're going to actually do the prayer. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. So I breathe in God. And I take a few breaths. And I think that the prayer is asking me to reach out to make a connection to this thing we call God, higher power, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it. So I take a few breaths and I continue calling to it like I would call to a friend. And when I'm ready, I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I consider that offering right now for today. How committed am I to offering myself, my fears, my thoughts, my story, my old ideas? How committed am I to offering all of that to my higher power. And I breathe in to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Again, I take a few breaths. And I try to see if there isn't a feeling or a sensing or a knowing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. And I breathe out, relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths. And I try to see what it might feel like or sound like or be like if I had no bondage of self, no stories, no old ideas, no opinions, just a quiet, open mind. And I breathe in, that I may better do thy will. Again, I take a few breaths and I think about how much better could I do God's will today if I truly had an open, quiet, listening mind. And I breathe out, take away my difficulties. Again, I take a few breaths and I look over my day today so far. And I try to see what have been my difficulties today. What has gotten in the way of me being the person that I think my higher power would have had me been?
and I breathe in, that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths. And I think about the rest of my day today. And I think about the people I might come in contact with the rest of today. And I think about how I might affect those people if I really was an example of God's power, God's love, and God's way of life. I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I allow myself to smile and I take a few breaths and I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, always. Gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to take a little time right now with your eyes open and just become aware of the seeing that is happening now that your eyes are open. Try not to make up a story about the things that you're seeing, but try to just be conscious that seeing is happening through your eyes. kind of spectacular that the universe is seeing what what I'm seeing through me it's kind of it's kind of amazing <sighs> okay so I'm Randy and I'm alcoholic. And what that means for me is that my body is allergic to alcohol. If I drink alcohol today, uh, there's a really, really, really good chance that I'm going to black out and that I'm gonna drive in a blackout and I'm gonna crash my car and I could potentially hurt or kill somebody. I will not be able to stop drinking on my own power. I don't know when it's going to end. And I will end up hurting myself and everyone close to me. Not because alcohol is good or bad, but because my body is allergic to it. So I can't drink it. The reason my body is allergic to alcohol is the reason I'm here today. The reason my body's allergic to alcohol is because I have a disease called alcoholism. It's a disease that centers in my mind. It's a disease that talks to me in my own voice. So I believe what it says. And it manifests as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And because of that mind, I'm constantly in a state of restless, irritable, and discontent. Sometimes it's a little restless, irritable, and discontent, and sometimes it's a lot irritable, restless, and discontent. But if I am not treating the disease of alcoholism, that's where I am. And if I get into enough emotional pain, if the pain gets great enough, I will do anything to kill that pain, to shut that self-talking mind up in my, in my head that's telling me what's wrong in my life. I will do anything, including drink alcohol, which I know for me is fatal. 
Or I know people that have taken guns out of their drawers and put them in their own mouth and pulled the cocked the trigger back and pulled the trigger themselves in an attempt to shut their mind up. And so this is what it says at the end of the first step. This is, it says, under the lash of alcoholism, I'm driven to AA. And there I discover the fatal nature of my situation. So under the pain, the lashing, the mental, emotional pain of this self-talking mind, I'm driven to AA. Because the alcohol doesn't work anymore. I'm allergic to it and I break out terribly when I drink it and it doesn't kill the pain and it doesn't quiet the self-talking mind anymore. So under the lash of that pain, I'm driven to AA. Not under the lash of alcohol, but the lash of alcoholism and the alcohol doesn't work anymore. And there I find the fatal nature of my situation. The fatal nature is, is that if I don't treat the disease, I'm going to get in enough pain to where I would consider drinking or killing myself. Then and only then do I become as open-minded to conviction. I'm willing to try anything. I'm open to whatever you say. Some person that I don't even know. The only thing I know about this person that's trying to help me is that they stopped drinking alcohol and they call themselves an alcoholic also. <laughs> but I become open-minded to that person. More open-minded to that person than I am to my wife, than I am to my psychiatrist, than I am to my doctor. More willing to try anything because I know that I'm going to die. That's the fatal nature of my disease. I become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as the dying can be. So this, is a, this meeting is not about learning. I know it seems like sometimes it might be because maybe you're hearing something for the first time and you think you're learning something. Um, but this meeting is about practicing something. So to practice listening as the dying can be. To, to listen, to be as willing to listen as the dying can be. That is a principle that allows me to be present in this moment. The only way that I can listen like the dying can... The disease will not allow me to listen like the dying will listen. The disease is listening like somebody that knows something that is judging what you're saying. Is, is it right or wrong? And it's deciding in a half-listening sort of way whether or not it's agreeing with what you're saying. Or at this moment, I'm talking. So your disease, if it's energized right now, it's talking to you about what's this guy saying? And does this make sense? And is this real? And should I believe this? And should I pay attention? Or if your disease is really active right now, you're adding up how much money you have in the bank and when you're going to go broke or where you're going on vacation, or what happens to people when they get COVID. And you're not even hearing a word I say. And I can say that because I've been to a million meetings where I didn't hear a word that was said, not one word. I was so busy talking to myself about a girl or a job or money or something. To listen like the dying can listen for me, I have to ask my higher power to help me hear what's being said. And I have to do it like a mantra in my head. So, uh, right now I'm sharing, and it seems a little self-serving that I would say to you that you should listen like the dying should listen, <laughs> because I'm the one that's talking. But I promise you, it's none of my business whether you're listening or not. But if you want to have an experience of practicing a principle in this meeting right now, you could try this on. You could try putting a mantra in your head for the rest of the time that I'm talking, that sounds like this, God, could you help me hear what's being said? Not because it's good or bad, but because you came here, 
you came to a meeting, what sense would it make to come to this meeting and continue adding up how much money you have in the bank or continue talking to yourself about your partner or your job or your boss when the, the purpose of being at an AA meeting is to be reminded that there's a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. So I would encourage you to have that mantra going. God, could you please help me hear what's being said? It sounds like it's going to be really noisy in your head if you had that mantra going and I was talking at the same time. But I promise you this, from my experience, it's my experience that the more I ask God to help me hear what you're saying when you're talking, the more I actually hear. And it's not even only in the words. I begin to start to hear what you're saying with your body, with your uh, with your your whole being. And so when you're complaining about work, I hear something different. I hear, could you help me to, to remember that my higher power has my back? That's what I hear. And so I don't engage with you about your work situation. I would engage with you about, oh, remember there's a higher power? And that higher power supplies everything that I need so long as I stay close to it and do its work well. Remember that. And we don't have to figure out what's going wrong at work because that's not what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me is I, re- I, I re-energized me as the power for my life. I stand ready right here, right now to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession from me. I stand ready, right here, right now. I'm ready to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession. If you're new and you're still mercilessly obsessed about alcohol, I understand that. I've, I've had that for six months. My mind would not shut up about drinking. For the first six months I was in the program, the last time I got sober, because I went out three times in the first three months. And all I, what I was told was ask something because I didn't believe in anything. So my sponsor said, just ask something, anything, you can call it whatever you want to help you not drink today one day at a time and, and we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> and that was the instruction for it. And you know, at six months, that voice went away and I didn't have to ask it to help me not drink one day at a time anymore. So I don't, most days I don't have the desire to drink. But I am mercilessly obsessed to be self-satisfied. What it says in the seventh step on page 71, or I think it's the 72. Uh, With a proper display of honesty and morality, I'd stand a better chance of getting what I really wanted. It says, True, I thought good character was desirable, but obviously good character was something I need to get on with the business of being self-satisfied. My whole life in alcoholism is geared towards me being self-satisfied. My merciless obsession that they're talking about at the end of step one is to be self-satisfied to have the right job, the right girl, the right house, the right neighborhood, the right seat on the airplane, (laughs) be in the right lane on the freeway, have the right haircut, weigh the right weight. I stand ready to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession. And the only thing that can lift my merciless obsession The only thing that can restore me to sanity, it tells me what it is in step two. It's not a secret. I'm going to come to believe right here, right now, that there's a power, that that power is greater than me, and that that power is the power that's going to restore me to sanity today, right now, period, end of story. Nothing else. Money, when I get more money, I'm temporarily satisfied, very temporarily satisfied, because as soon as I figure out how much money that extra money was, it just becomes the money I have and I still need more. Changing relationships, I end up in the same relationship somehow over and over and over again. I keep thinking this is the one. 
This is the one. Now I'm going to be happy. And then it turns out to be the same relationship over and over and over again. The only thing that's going to be able to restore me to sanity is a relationship with a higher power. So that's it. I hope that I hope that this meeting was a little bit of a reminder that God could and would if it were sought. And I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to start asking my higher power to help me listen. And I'm going to start listening. Hopefully I'll be here and I'll stay present in the listening as the dying could listen. No matter what you say, doesn't matter what you say. My job when I stop talking is to start listening. So we're going to open the meeting up for sharing now. You can share about whatever you want. Um, we do record this meeting, so if you share, it is recorded unless you ask me to not record it. And um, we make these recordings available on some podcasting sites. Uh, and uh, evidently, people are really uh, enjoying these, these meetings, uh, my part and yours. So we're going to start with Marlon. Hello, Randy. Hi, everyone. Hi, Marlon. The Great Remover. That's what they call it, sober or drunk. Um, and you almost like no other, another thing that uh, Bill Wilson says, uh, which I, I totally relate to. Um, Randy, today I woke up and my alcoholism was alive and kicking. I don't know my little bits and pieces in the, di- in, in the morning. Um, and I was feeling that. You know when you said about when it's on you strong, like that irritability was, was really high. Anyway, I went to the doctors because I had to get my diabetes checked because the year I had off of uh, AA, I stuffed my face with so much cans of Coke and um, <laughs> hagen that I ended up with type 2 diabetes. Anyway, um, you know, mate, I ended up unloading on my doctor. Mm. All this bloody stuff that's wrong with me. And, and I didn't mention alcoholism. Mm. It didn't hit me until I kind of thought, oh, it's, it's, it's my alcoholism. <laughs> so I come back and I just hit my knees and I, and I, and I just, I'd done the prayer that you, you, you tell, tell me and you mention it on the, on the, um, you know, on your podcast and, and, and tonight. Randy, I just, I just want to sort of make people laugh and make you laugh a little bit. Um, what happened was uh, I'm taking a couple of people through the steps and I, I, I played on your podcast. There was a couple. There was one sorting and one love yourself, I think. I can't, I can't exactly remember. Anyway, so, and I stopped it when people shared back. Anyway, today where I was feeling irritable, I thought I'd put you on my headphones while I'm walking to a meeting. And um, <laughs> I left it playing, the sorting one, and then you just went... Marlon, <laughs> from and I thought it was a spiritual experience. <laughs> it wasn't. It was just you saying Marlon. I was I was sharing, and I was so shocked to hear myself, my own voice. But um, yeah, I just I try to pass a message on that I hear from you and Johnny B and and, and most of the people on, on on the thing. It's not because it, it, yeah, there is that little bit, Randy, that I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but. It's also because I relate so much to what you say. It's the truth for me, you know what I mean? It's, it just really is. And, um, yeah, I feel a little bit fraudulent at times because, you know, I, I haven't been taken through the steps in a prime time way, but, you know, I'm going through the steps at the moment, uh, working on step nine and, um, hmm. you know. Anyway, thank you so much, mate, and I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks. Thanks, Marlon. You know... Bob A. started primetime, Bob Anderson. Uh, and my sponsor, Ted, was sponsored by Bob. And I spent a lot of time around Bob. And at the meetings, people, Bob always led the meeting. Uh, and when people would get up to share, they'd always say, Bob said, Bob said, Bob said. You can listen to some of the tapes on the primetime website and you'll hear Bob said, Bob said, Bob said. My take on that is, yeah, Bob said it. But I went home and I practiced it. And now I can say it with authority for my life because it's mine. It doesn't matter who said it. 
You don't have to say Randy said this. I didn't say it. Bob said it. Ted said it. I'm saying it. Uh, Bill Wilson said it. A million people have said this. But a lot fewer people have actually done it. So until I do it, I have to say Bob said. Well, Bob said. Maybe you should do what Bob said. I haven't done what Bob said yet, but maybe one day I will do what Bob said. But once you've done it and you have your own experience, you don't have to say who said it anymore because it's now it's yours. It's your experience and you're sharing it and you're not a fraud if you're living it. You're kind of a fraud if you're if you would have to say Bob said I would I did have to say Bob said until I tried it myself because I hadn't tried it. So, of course, it has to be what Bob said. I wouldn't know anything about it. But thanks for sharing that. Venetia. Thanks um, for whoever else is helping today behind the scenes. Uh, Venetia, alcoholic addict. Um, I love what you shared, Randy, about um, that it's not about the job or whatever else it is, or the not job or the wanting the job, um, that it's about, well, I think you said about remembering there's a power in my life, but for me, it's the forgetting. That's the cry to help. That's the... Um, the, it's always the, um, the, the it's where I go to the, the root when I wrote out my root fears you know what's the problem you know I haven't got this what's the problem with that what's the problem what's the problem it always ends up no God the mind's saying there's no God not the best of God and that, that disconnect and um, so it, it is about that longing and um, and actually I also um I don't know, I've tried two things today in your meeting, which which was really good for me because they were things I didn't want to do. So I have lots of meditations. I do a sacred word, I do all sorts of different things. But for today, I went with the, the numbers and the breaths and things. And A, I enjoyed it. B, I fell asleep, which was really yeah. nice. And I was like, well, if that works in the middle of the night, then I'm going to be really happy. <laughs> um, but also, more importantly than that, was the thing about thing because the listening is I so want to listen really with my heart not with this sort of figuring out head and, and as when you started talking about it it was like yeah let's just try this about um, can you whatever the prayer was um, can you help me listen and what puts me off is exactly what you said it's that the mind is already so noisy the idea of more frigging language and stuff I love silence I love the stillness but today I went with it, and, and again, it, it felt, um, I don't know, it opened something up, and I think quite often for me, the action of being willing to try something which is someone else's idea, which is working for them, and ignoring the voice, that, which I recognise as real addict voice, of it works for you, but I can't, it's a really task voice, actually. Um, so that felt really good, and I always love it when you talk about the self being self satisfied that you know what the good character in order that I can then get what I want. And um, it's been a day of a lot of reactivity, but I've been given some grace. I was given a real step seven moment where I started literally opening my mouth to wow, why did you do that? Da 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 and then I suddenly I got this thought, you don't have to do that, just mm. leave it alone. And I just stopped. Or I was stopped and that would not happen to me without these rooms and these meetings and and I have passed so just trying some gratitude thank you for what you share out your always thanks Venetia Amelia hi Randy hi everybody my name is Amelia and I'm now Colic hi Amelia um yeah I've been so it is so good to be here it just it being at this meeting, being at our meeting changes my perspective of things and actually makes me realise how stuck in self I am um, a lot of the time and how before coming into recovery I didn't even understand that, you know, how self selfish and self-centred I was. Um, and today I'm, I'm just governed by a lot of fear at the moment and when I'm in that place of fear I become very all about me 
and I find it hard to help others. And I was just kind of reflecting when you were speaking on kind of how I let God use me today. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I was triggered by something yesterday and uh, it reminded me of my friend who I was in blackout and I did something, I don't know what it was, and uh, she never spoke to me again. She mm. was my very best friend. And there's been ugh, there's been talks around what it might have been. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And she won't talk to me. And But she, a friend saw her, and uh, a friend of mine, and apparently she wished me well and was glad, you know, my friend said she's sober now and she was really happy about that and whatever else. But it is very, very painful sometimes when the the consequences of my drinking rear their ugly head and um, hard to work through that anxiety. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually doing my step four at the moment with my sponsor. I'm doing the steps in the prime time way. Um, and there's a part of me that wants to go and make my amends right now to that person and, like, m- make her talk to me. It's really frustrating to have to wait for the right moment and there's no point rushing through this. But working through that anxiety is, is, has been really tough and I've, I've found myself really, you know, trying to connect with my higher power more so. Um, and today my higher power really helped me through, actually. I, I felt like I had to go home at lunchtime. I'm in the UK but actually, I, I managed to go th- get get through the day with connection to God, and um, and just I find myself just speaking to my God, you know, just a, a lot of the time. Okay. But I really, you know, I'm so grateful to my God today. I really am, and uh, I wish it wasn't just through times of desperation where I really connected with the God of my understanding, because when things are rosy and I uh, I kind of don't have that same motivation and um, yeah so I'm I'm just so grateful uh, so grateful for this meeting and to hear you um, and yeah thanks for reminding me that my higher power's got my back and you know what after this call I'm going to try and help another alcoholic so that nice. <laughs> so there we go thanks nice. guys thanks for listening thanks, thank you that sounds good go help another alcoholic. Who's next? You can share, you can ask a question. It's twelve twelve. <clears throat> Yes, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much, Randy, for sharing. I just jumped in there because no one's sharing, and I don't want to share. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big book talks about loneliness a lot, you know, feeling like you're separated or Maybe that is the alcoholic mind and focusing so much on that. Um, so in my life, throughout my life, um, I've learned how to really separate myself from others in my mind, not physically, but in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the reasons why I drank was there was this real vacuum inside. They call it a God-shaped hole. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, it's just that, that place of emptiness, you know, where I feel like I'm dead or something, you know, I don't even exist or something, the dead, whatever it is. But, you know, for a season, I was really um, reading Bill Wilson's um, letter on emotional sobriety, The Next Frontier. Um, where he talks about these dependencies that we have, lives that 
the demand that I have for prestige and place in society, a place to belong. And those things are really God-given in a sense for romantic relationship, but that we demand it, like I demand it, like I expect it from people. And um, so I'm kind of going off, but the, the thing is that I realized that one of my greatest fears is being abandoned or being alone, especially as I've gotten older and stuff. And yet, I don't know how to have a relationship, you know? Not only as a, uh, you know, you know, marriage or anything like that, it's just anything with anyone including myself and God, you know, struggle with that daily. And so when I feel that somebody is leaving, this fear kicks up. Like first it's like, oh, thank God they're not, you know, whatever, wanting something from me or whatever. But then it's like, I'm going to be alone and I'm so afraid. And so that's been kind of going on in my head. So coming to this meeting and you're talking about the first step that I'm powerless over this, Malady, this obsession in my mind has been really helpful and it gave me, your talk gave me the courage to open my mouth and say something that's going on with me presently that's scaring the shit out of me. So, yeah. just wanted to share that. Thank you. Nice. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, I've felt that before, for sure. Uh, Kathy. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy, alcoholic. Hi, Kathy. Great to be here. Great to see you all. You know, Randy, I have been coming on this meeting for like two and a half years and listening to you on your podcast for two and a half years. And I have to say that, you know, what you just talked about, about that Bob said this concept or Ted said it or Randy said it, um, principle or whatever whatever you're delivering eventually what I found is that it's integrated within me it integrates it's if I keep practicing it which I really do and I really have made such an effort over these last two and a half years to to change the course of my life and my alcoholism, and to be more, have more peace, have more joy. This is really why I come on these meetings. This is why I go to AA. I wanna, you know, I'm treating my alcoholism, but I'm also learning how to integrate the message of prime time, the joy that I wanna feel. And the way that I feel, I've been doing it, and it's been helpful to me, is that I just have this, you know, and I wrote a few things, I have an intention every day, every morning, when I do my morning practice, you know, it's it's doing the practice, it's, it's, it's praying to God, it's asking God to direct my thinking, it's making sure that I restrain from pen and tongue, making sure that when I talk to my son and daughter-in-law that I you know, or my family members, my daughter, that I really keep my mouth shut and that I really watch what I say. I mean, that's how I have to treat my alcoholism. And that's how I feel that God is, is, is doing for me what I can't do for myself. You know, and just being more mindful. I mean, I feel that mindfulness, and you've taught this to me, is one of the big principles of the program being aware and being mindful of how I behave, of how I conduct myself in my daily life. And I can really see when my alcoholism is starting to shake and when I can go into my mindful um, awareness of what I need to do to change that direction and just kind of pull back and calm myself down and um, and and go to God. So, you know, I, I just really believe that 
you know, this prime time message of steps one, two, and three is is so paramount in moving forward with peace and joy in my life. And I thank you for that. Thanks very much for letting me share. Thanks, Kathy. Um, I, I'm going to say one thing. Uh, I don't believe... There is no principles and application message, and there is no primetime message. The... The prime time is a format for a meeting that has a way of talking about the steps, but the the program is AA and the message is AA. And I think sometimes we turn people off when we say the prime time message. The prime time message is in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 and 12 and the literature of AA. It's not the prime time message. It's a way of talking about the program. It's a format. But it's not a me- the message is the message. The message is AA, um, and so I would I would just say you know the the way the message is delivered at prime time that makes sense to me. But the but it's not a prime. There's not there's no difference. There's no there's nothing that we talk about that's not in the book. If it is, then throw us out of the meeting because this is about this is about the twelve steps as a way of life. That is the message. Not, uh, there, there is no separate message. So I just say that because I know I've turned a lot of people off because I have said that before, the primetime message, and they're like, what are you talking about? And, and so I would just be careful of, of saying it like that. But it is a great format and a great meeting and a great way to, to talk about it. Um, who's next? 12.21. we got a little time. Yes, Florence. Yep. Here we go. Hi, my name is Florence. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Florence. Um, I wanted to share my experience with my higher power. I came to AA, an atheist, and I stayed on step three until I turned blue in my face. when I finally started getting it uh, and moved on with the step, when I arrived at step seven uh, about humility, I decided to uh, go for a four days hike uh, to as a gift to this awakening and and to my higher power and. Uh, I knew the Indian name for the trail, but when I arrived there, I found out that it was also called the Jesuit uh, Trail. (laughs) Sorry. So that was the start. And then I got lost. I got lost for three days in the woods. And for the first time in my life, I fell to my knees the second or third day and ask for God's uh, direction, Uh, not literally, but his will, not mine, be done. Uh, I think that was my first prayer. And after three days, uh, I found my way again, and I was on the opposite direction of where I was supposed to go. And I arrived to a place called the Drunks Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are the little messages that, that I, I got, I started getting from my higher power and um, opened my eyes to its power. And uh, I'm definitely not an atheist anymore. And my higher power is with me every day. Uh, not just in the morning and in the evening. It's it's something that accompanied me uh, uh, all day long, all day long. I just wanted to tell the share this this story. Nice, thank you, Lisa. Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm an alcoholic. Thank you, Randy, for this meeting. Hi, My sponsor has sent me um, some of the recordings the past month or so. So I um, 
she just said, jump on. You know, I'm going through some stuff right now uh, with my mother. She's um, sick with cancer, so I'm trying to double, triple up my meetings. And um, this is a good one because I, I love the meditation part. We practice this in our um, step meeting. So I love that. Um, I have a question, and just like um, the woman just spoke, you know, the, the whole higher power thing, the one thing that we've been practicing a lot is, um, you know, it's good to have God first thing in the morning when we're praying on our knees and doing all that. But, you know, I've been setting alarms to see where God is at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Where's God at 7 o'clock at night? You know, because in the morning it's simple. You know, get on my knees, do my readings, do my stuff. But as life goes on during the day and how you, you know, talk about coming back and it's all in our minds, those thoughts just, you know, can take over. And it can, I can go, you know, left to center real fast with my disease. So, you know, keeping God in the forefront right now and always is, you know, my, my most important practice right now. Um, I'm actually still, she's taking me through the steps in the big book. I've never done that. You know, I'm 30 years sober and I've never gone through it one-on-one. And, um, you know, it's, it's a process. It's an experience. So when I, you guys, you might've answered it, Randy, but when you were saying to someone said doing the steps through the prime time way, I'm just curious if that's a different way than doing like a big book step study. So that's, that was my question. And thanks. Thanks. Um, um, (laughs) The steps are laid out in the book. The way to do the steps is laid out in the book. It's, uh, I don't think there's a prime time way to do the steps. There is a, there, the thing that is emphasized in prime time is not doing the steps, but applying the principles that come out of the application of the steps in this moment. And I would say that that was some wordage that I learned around prime time and around around my sponsor, that we actually have to apply these steps, not work them. And and so when, I am, when I'm finished with step one, I'm only just getting started with step one, but now I'm adding step two to the application of step one. So now I have one and two as a way of life and then I take that into three. And so these steps build on each other. And it's not a, I thought it was a chore where you just check off, oh, I did one. Now I don't have to do that anymore. And okay, I did two. I told them I'm willing to believe. And okay, I've done three. I did the prayer. And that's not, that's not doing the steps. That's not doing the steps in any form of doing the steps, right? That's just checking stuff off a list um, and being a good boy. So, yeah, but uh, but it's it's good to know what the disease is, and that's very much explained at at uh, principles and at, uh, at prime time meetings. They talk a lot about how the disease manifests in the day that we're in, and a lot about application, and and that is that is what's needed. Stacy, hi, Stacy. Hi, everybody. Alcoholic Stacy Cook. And I know I'm, I'm running up here against the end of the meeting. I'm just going to be really fast and, and just share that, um, you know, this, the, the, our, our lingo, our language, sometimes it does sound a little different than maybe you're hearing in other places. And I just encourage, uh, want to encourage people to come back and keep listening and keep learning because the main, th- the main difference for me from, from this, this meeting, from primetime meetings, et cetera, that, people are having questions about is that this we learn we we concentrate on alcoholism infantile ego and self-obsession we concentrate on the disease of alcoholism and exactly what we're up against and the thing is is that what's required of us in the steps is so significant that if we don't understand what we're truly truly up against then we're never going to really take it and we're not going to take it's, it's almost, you know what, the, the guy that started, Marlon, I hope you don't mind me saying that, I loved your share so much because it described me, you described me to a T, like you had all these things going on and then you didn't really, you didn't even talk about the real thing, which is alcoholism.
alcoholism, right? That's me. I live my whole life that way, right? Where, and my alcoholism is the what's keeping me from being able to, I can't even see. I can't even see what in the world's going on with me. I'm sleepwalking blindly, walking through this life and have no clue that I am, I am like, I'm a host for this disease and um, have no idea what's going on. So the last thing that I just want to share really quick, um, uh, Randy, and, and my mind wants to give credit where I heard it from, <laughs> but we've just had that discussion. But I heard from someone um, that my one of my biggest problems is my inability to see the relative magnitude of the difference of the two powers. So the two powers of God and the power of, of self, of me. Like, I'm a power. I can make things happen, right? So my inability to see the difference in the two powers. And when I am able to see the truth and the power that my higher power, God, as I under, understand him, when I'm able to really see that, it's a no-brainer at all to, to do this deal, right? It's a no-brainer. But my ability, um, I don't have the ability to tell the truth sometimes, to see the truth sometimes. So anyway, I'm super excited to be here and listen to everyone share uh, today. It was fantastic. And that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, everybody. Y'all are amazing. I am so blessed to be able to spend an hour and a half with you every Wednesday and Saturday. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you all showed up so we could have this conversation. Um, that's it. So we'll take a moment of silence and then we'll do this. I'll make it so everyone can unmute themselves and we'll do this Randy prayer together. Okay, if you'd like to, you can unmute yourselves. Um, God. God. Grant me the serenity. To accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks,